And we're back with the Chester Sky Show. Today's guest is Jack Hunter, fellow filmmaker, extraordinary writer, director, producer, all the things. Actor, baby. <laughs> Actor, baby. Uh, we were just talking about uh, some of the film shoots that we've been on mm. and uh, what it was like working on the 48-hour film contest. What do you think of the 48-hour? I did it. I've, so I've done it for the last three years. And I've had very strange experiences. Yours was actually the best one that I've had. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my I've God. had very strange ones for the other ones. That's hilarious. So the first one that I did was, I thought I was going to be a composer for it. And I went on and they found out they had three composers for the same contest in the okay. same group. That is a group, man. It's <laughs> like, so who's doing the music? And they're like, not only do we have three composers, we also have a sound mixer as well. They got, we got, like, how many people do we need to do one job? So we're all fighting over trying to do the same song. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> the, the tough thing about 48-hour competitions is that it's hard to come up with a solid story because you only have mm. so much time. Yeah. And I think music adds to a story, and, and you're, you're going to add l- yeah. color into a story. So it's really difficult to actually, I don't know, add you in there. Like You, you, you probably got the hardest... Uh, no, I have the easiest. Your job is the easiest, but it's hardest to, to like throw that stuff in there. Remember, remember to... my project? I'm like, yeah, we got a story about like a dog. If you could write some dog music, and you're like, okay, sure, let's go with it. I'm like, yeah, he's like a sad dog. I think he runs away, and you're like, okay, I, I got it. Hmm. Well, yours is fun because I just like go f- make stuff. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I will do that. I loved it. Whatever you came up with, man, that was great for. I thing. just churn stuff out all day. Every few, if you're to turn on another link or whatever I happen to be thinking of. Well, you, you've kept really busy during the quarantine, haven't you? No, I just kept making stuff, and then you like picked like two or three out of twenty no, things no, I or whatever. Besides this, this uh, forty-eight hour stuff. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But just you've been really busy, haven't you? Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, making a few albums each year, a few things. Um. Music albums, podcasts. What was your most recent album? Uh, that one's called Deeply Satisfying. So dance music, electronic I liked it a lot. Stuff. Have, really you, have you, by any chance, seen any of the albums in the last little while? I didn't even know you had more albums. No, okay. I'll you send didn't you have to, to, you have to sound to me. That's it. <laughs> Guess you can check out the music on Spotify if you don't know about it already. You know, I'm a part of a lot of Facebook groups that are like writing groups. And they don't like yeah. when you try to advertise your work. Oh, so you're part of this group, and, and they ask a lot of questions that are really dumb, like, I don't know, is, is a thousand characters too many for a, a chapter? I feel like, what how the many, hell? How Anyways, many words do I need? Yeah, yeah, how many words are good for a chapter? Is it bad to have long sentences or short sentences? <laughs> that went great. I, I use six long words in two sentences. It's like, these are not important questions. Mm. And then someone posts their work, and they're like, oh, don't post your stuff. It's like, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, how, how are we going to improve with each other if we're not like analyzing mm, each other's work? Like, do you put your software through the one that checks what grade writing it is? It's one of those things, right? Oh, oh, you know what I tried today was Grammarly. Have you tried that? I heard of this. What is this again? I forget. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. It's like a word, what do you call it? Like a, like a word, um, the word checker. What do you call it? Is it spell check? Huh? Spell checker? Spell checker. It's like a spell oh. checker, but it's also like grammar checker and all this other stuff. It'll check your uh, okay. different things. And I don't is know, it, people are really excited about it. Is it good? It's okay. It, it tries to correct a lot of the stuff I throw in for hmm. emphasis. Like, it doesn't like my, um, my adjectives. <laughs> so, like, really. This is the wrong one. Especially when the person's talking, like, oh, I was really excited. And it's like, take that really out of there. Mm. You don't need that. It's like, I don't know, man. 
So, See, we, people don't actually speak in proper grammar. No, that's the thing, yeah. So no. it corrects a lot of my dialogue. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, I like my own um, way of writing. I don't want to mm. change it to like someone else's. So I, I get really, that. I don't find it that useful, but it does give you ideas. And I think that's really, oh, really? cool. So it gives suggestions. Yeah, it gives like that's that's what I take them as. Like it says the correction, but I take it as a suggestion, and I usually ignore them. Okay. But sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that, that works a bit better. Mm-hmm. Or or you can see the mistakes that obvious know. mistakes maybe. You, you can see that you wrote something, it doesn't like it, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I don't like that either. You don't have to take its suggestion. Mm-hmm. But you can write it a different way if you want to. So yeah, that, that happens sometimes. So I figured that out today, and I thought that was really cool. You've been writing quite a bit. You've been writing uh, a whole bunch of short stories. Um, you got what? How many? You would want to do a series of what? Five? I want to do ten. Ten? Okay. Yeah. Ten in the short. So book. I think at the start of uh, two years ago, the start of the year, I wrote a story. I, I just randomly prompted myself and I said, whatever I write down, so whatever comes to my mind, whatever I write down, mm. I'm going to write a story about that. That's going to be the main character. So it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote down a flower was in a field that I'm like, oh my God, now I'm going to write about a flower. So I was going to scrunch it up and I thought, no, 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 I'll, I'll write a story about this. Because you have to stick with whatever the idea was and expand. It doesn't matter what the bad idea was. That's right. Okay. So I wrote about a flower, and it ended up being one of my favorite stories I've ever written. So that was two years ago, and I've not really written anything worth anything since then. Um, (laughs) That's one way to put it. I haven't written anything worth of content at all. Yeah. Well, then COVID started, and I've written, I think, five or six things that I'm willing to get published now. Okay. I just have to rewrite them. Um, But that flower one was really cool. Do you want to say it, or is that you got to keep that secret? I, I think it would be still be in a first. I was actually looking for it the other day. I can't find it, but I know the story in my head. So mm-hmm. it's about a flower, and it gets kind of trampled by this horse, and it starts to rain, and the rain pushes all this dirt down, and the flower goes into this swamp, and it's about to die. Mm-hmm. But this guy comes along, and he picks it up, and he takes it home with him, and he nurses it back to health. A flower that is in garbage gets rescued. Exactly, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and then he's picking the, the leaves off, and he cooks the leaves, and it's like an aphrodisiac, and he has this orgy at his house. <laughs> and he's killing this plant, and as he's killing this plant, it develops these thorns. And the thorns prick Ooh. the guy, and it kills him. Ooh, and then, it kills the guy. Yeah. And then, um, and then these guys come and clean up the house, and they throw the plant in the trash. Oh, they kick it out. Yeah, and then the plant goes to the, the, the garbage yard, and when it comes out, the, the flower is actually broken off the top and it's just a stem. And then Ooh. a month later, two little roots or two little uh, stems grow up from the, the roots. And that's the end of the story. Ooh, it's one of these symbolic... It wasn't. It was just no? a story about a flower. But in the end, I'm like, oh, I, I have to... See, that's like it's a, still a first um, draft. Mm. And then you're right. It's, it's, it means something. It I mean. means... I think you want it to mean something. Maybe. I don't think you want it to be literal. That's no good. Well, Well, the thing for me was that the flower got destroyed and it needed something to defend itself. So as it's getting destroyed, it develops these thorns that are poisonous. Mm. And so it does, because a flower isn't anything. It doesn't have any feelings. But in this case, you, you really feel for this flower as it's dying and it's defending itself. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to make a character of the flower. I didn't want it to mean anything. I just wanted to put a character into this flower. And then in the end, yeah. when it, it grew... It's, it's babies, I guess, crew out of them. It doesn't mean anything, but, but it really feels like it does. And so I kind of like the idea. So are you descri- So when you describe the flower, is it all, like, is there any internal feeling per- first person? Or is it all like the flower then grew, the flower then fell, blah, blah, blah? Is I don't it know. Third I, I got to rewrite it now. So oh, it's interesting to, to think about it that way. 
Mm. I wouldn't do it first person. Like I was growing in a field. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that is a way <laughs> to do it. My leaves were brushed by the wind. Um, I felt the wind whip past my leaf petals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I would do it third person for sure because you, mm. the flower and I, I, it's it's just a flower. It's nothing. It's not anything okay. real. <laughs> but in the end, you're gonna feel for it. It's like the IKEA commercial with that um, oh, with the lamp. You like hear the, that one? the Toy Story, the lamp that jumps on the ball? <clears throat> no, no, no. So Ikea had this, this commercial about this old lamp, and the lady comes in, and she takes it, and she puts it on the curb, and it's like there, and it's getting rained on, and then in the end it says, why do you care about this lamp or something? <laughs> 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 because Ikea wants you to get new lamps, and so... <laughs> That's a quality ad. But everything everything in the ad was filmed so that you really feel for this lamp. Music, intensity. Yeah, and it's just lighting. A lamp. It's oh. nothing. Boy, so it was care. really cool. You should check it out. So I, I had that in mind when I was writing this flower one, mm. too. But my newer stories are a lot better. So one's about a guy I was telling you um, who wants to be... I guess he's he wants to be a writer, a filmmaker, and he's never produced anything of quality, but finally he has something, and he went out and he showed everyone, mm. and he got himself in a situation where now he has to impress some really high, um, big wig, important people, some big wigs, and he's got them coming over that night, and of course in the morning he doesn't feel the same, and he's he's got to get himself back to that point. Um, so that's that was the first story. It's called Colbert's Whiskey. Colbert's Whiskey. <clears throat> and it, it was the first story I wrote, and I thought, okay, I, I understand how to write now, which is which is maybe kind of cocky to say. But Nothing I, wrong with that. I, I've been studying. I, I was okay. I was looking for that that flower story, mm. and I looked through my computer, and I have written I think thirty or forty short stories, at least. And I and I saw them all on, on my computer, and I was like, how have I written so many stories and nothing? I wanted to keep none of these stupid things, you know. I wanted to calculate how many words I'd written in those forty stories. It's like two, three, four novels. <laughs> well, if there's a thousand, if there's a thousand words per story, at least, and then you got four. How many stories. words are in a novel? I, I, I have no idea. Well, usually my short story is about three, three thousand words. But if you if yeah, you think of, if I had forty short stories at three thousand words, that's uh, hundred twenty thousand words, right? Is that enough for a book? Sounds like it. Yeah, probably. But they say you're supposed to write a million words before you're good at writing. Before what? Before you can start writing or whatever. You have to you have to experiment with a million nah. words. That's what they say, man. You gotta put ten thousand hours before you're an expert. Nah, come on. You, you know, I heard about that. Oh, you, you gotta spend ten thousand hours before you're an expert or something. But that's that's really good. That's that's like a professional level. Yeah, but guy. you never get to that until you've turned out a bunch of stuff along the way. I know that's true. It doesn't work. That's been a huge thing for me. Is I don't put out any of my work. I don't let anyone see my work. Yeah. So I got on Instagram recently, and I've been trying to mm. promote myself, but not not really. I just want to put my my work out there and let people see it a bit but more. But I think you have to. Well, that's the thing, and you have you to know, put stuff out. Well, I, I've been writing for so long and letting no one read my stuff, and now I'm getting everyone to read my stuff, and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. So even if you don't get the feedback that you expect, at least you can see what it's like when you do get feedback later, because you're gonna have to deal with that as well. I know. Well, that's I, hard. It's really hard to deal with feedback. I wrote a story about a girl, and and she changes her name to Candy, mm-hmm. or Cindy. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like, Sounds like a, a a different kind of girl. <laughs> it, well, well, she she goes to the um, the plastic surgeon, and Ooh. she she wants everything changed about her. She says, "I just want I don't want to look weird. I want want to look I want to look different. I don't want to look the same. Like she's a really pretty girl, but she doesn't want to look pretty. She wants to look kind of different." Mm. 
And so she goes through all this stuff, and then there's this guy who has Asperger's, and he's um, he's in charge of this hotel. And so I, I got all these great little characters and stuff, and oh, I got a great twist for him. It's really good. But I have to write the story still, and there's no story to it. There's no plot. It's just characters and really good descriptions for them. Might be all you need, though. Maybe. I don't know. My, my fiancé loves the story, but I gave it to my editor, and he said he just couldn't... He wanted the story to go somewhere and it never did. Like he was expecting yeah. it to, and this was before I kind of understood story. Um, but now I now I get it a bit more, so I'll revisit that one day and I'll, mm. I'll turn that out because those are some cool characters. I really want to, I really want to explore them. You gotta give me your contact, your editor. I'm looking for an editor. Are you? Yeah. Well, he's not really. He used to be an editor. He works with me at Medieval Times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he looks at my stuff. He used to charge a lot for it too, but he, he does it for me for free, which is kind of cool. Uh, my latest story is about, what did I write about? Oh, it's about this guy who, who just loves stealing stuff. <laughs> I like this already. That's a good premise. <clears throat> and, then, and then his fiance and him have like, like a, re- a really sweet relationship and I just love reading about them. And I, I love the way the relationship goes and it's really cute. I like that idea. Just guys who steal stuff. And then there's a homeless guy in the park that he hates. <laughs> got rich characters I believe them already I haven't even had the story yet yeah well it's no, it sounds believable definitely based on me and, and my struggle to kind of accept someone who's homeless living in the park right beside my house mm. I mean, it's not very nice but that's, that's no it is. is tricky though no yeah. I get that it's something about when they're someone who's definitely suffering but you don't really want to get involved as well. Well, the guy's not all, like, he's not all there or whatever. Like, there's something wrong with him. And, mm. you know, I, I try to be empathetic. But at the same time, he's cluttering up my park. And he's and he stares at my fiance every time we walk by. And I don't know. It's just no, creepy. it's a tough situation. Yeah. You know, I'm, try, I'm trying to be nice to the guy. But <laughs> it's like he's, uh, he's not there anymore because he got too cold. He lives in a tent in my little parkette. Ooh, okay. <laughs> It's a fun story though. It's got a great twist too. And all my stories have twists now. And I'm like, I don't want to M Night Shlam land myself mm. into a corner and then Shlam a land myself into a corner. <laughs> did you Did you ever see? Um, there's a Japanese director called Satoshi Kon. Do no, you know this guy? No. Um, okay. Well, he check him out. If you like Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away, this is his like arguably his a guy who's equally as good. Okay. Some some kind of similar cartoonish things. Um, there's one of his films where it's a bunch of homeless people, and it's just following them. Um, just what do they get up to? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what, what do they do? Wait, is it an animated movie? Or is yeah, it it's an animated movie. It's, it's animated a little cartoon. It's beautifully done. Um, and the premise is they encounter this baby who's being chucked out, or they don't really know. They just find this baby, and like, what, how, what do homeless people do with the baby? Yeah. So they don't want they don't want to turn it in. They're homeless. They're a little bit cuckoo as well. So they just go on adventures with this kid, and uh, yeah, I mean they just kind of navigate the world as slightly out there homeless people. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean the idea. I'm not sure if you, I like the. Um, I mean they're trying to push a message, but. You take that take that out. I think just the idea of exploring what slightly crazy people do is always a good premise for a book. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I just saw the movie uh, 12 Monkeys. I don't know if you've seen that one. Of course. Uh, literally, I just finished that well before you walked in. Anything with Brad Pitt I've seen. Mm. So there. <laughs> How'd you like it? Well, I'm a big Terry Gilliam fan. Who the, the director. Who the hell's Terry Gilliam? Director, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, what else did he do? And uh, he also directed Monty Python. Oh, oh, did everything. He? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
so his if you if you know Monty Python, you kind of know what you're getting into. If you don't know Monty Python, you don't really know what what's happening. Why is things so bizarre? Right. Um, Twelve Monkeys is cool just because Brad Pitt's insane, and then Bruce Willis is, doesn't know if he's insane. Yeah, that was an. I, I, he I might be. He might not. That. I revisited that maybe six months ago. I, I I think I watched it, or maybe I wanted to watch it. Hmm? I don't really remember the movie too much. Eh, it's just about. Um, I mean, the premise is he's going back in time. He's a time traveler. But when he's back in time, people think he's crazy. He's like, what are you talking about? You're from the future? Crazy. So they lock him up with Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, they lock him up. They're in the same (laughs) style with Brad Pitt, who's also insane. Brad Pitt ends up being the leader of something, though, doesn't he? Um, He's the leader, but he's insane. Yeah, so that, 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 maybe that was a part I didn't get, was that he was so insane, I couldn't, couldn't, understand how he could lead these people. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't really buy it. But when you actually... I mean, that's part of the twist, is you think he's leading... Uh, yeah, I'm going to spoil this for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> so you think he's leading to do all these great things. And then in the end of the movie, you find out he, the thing that he did was actually really not important at all. Yeah, You just assume he's going to change the world and cause all this chaos. But he was just insane. People yeah. just assumed he was going to do these things. He just exactly. took credit for stuff he didn't do. So he took credit for all the big crazy events that happened. I, th- I think there's something about clarity in that, in that movie, the ending. Mm. It's just like, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe stuff, it was like a red herring at some point. Exactly. Yeah. And then it wasn't really clear, clear what Bruce Willis had done in the end of the movie. I, I, I don't remember mm. the movie too much, but I remember being kind of lost and not a good Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. <clears throat> Temptile movies are like that, though. Well, my, I watched, um, oh, I did, I did a 48-hour Time travel? Um, no, when the COVID started, we had to stay home, and there was like a stay-at-home 48-hour film festival. Okay. And I had this idea for a movie, and the idea was that this guy can read minds. Ooh, I like this already. And his fiance um, has dementia, so she's losing her brain or whatever. What is it called? Ooh. She, her, her brain's starting to deteriorate, Ooh. and he can read her mind. Oh, so oh, be, sick. Because her mind is deteriorating, he's going crazy reading her mind. Ooh. <clears throat> Sounds really cool, but you wa- I watched it again, and I'm like... Oh, wait, this is the movie already made. Yeah, and I, I was watching it, I'm like, what, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> what is this movie? And I, I, it's so confusing. Um, Ooh. It's a really interesting movie. It sounds good. And at one point, he calls his ex-girlfriend, and I'm like, okay, so... He's going insane. He can't talk to his fiance because she's going crazy and he's going crazy because of her. And so he tries to level himself up by talking to an ex-girlfriend mm. and by manipulating her to prove that he still has this cognitive ability that he has. Yeah, weird as shit, right? Mm. And so he calls her and I got this really good actress to play this character and she was so flirty um, in the end with, with like being mind controlled by this guy. And I thought that was a great performance. But you watch it and you have no idea that I was trying to get at this stuff. And so, so clarity is so important in movies. Hard to when, when you're making movies, and I, you have to simplify the hell out of it if you want to make it clear enough to, to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I could have explained maybe anyway. So that was what I made. Uh, it sounds good. The start you're of the selling movie, it here. The start of the movie is like this voiceover and these really cool camera angles, and then um, the end, he gets a knock on the door and he goes, "Oh, there's two cops outside the door, and they're going to ask about this murder that happened because he killed his wife because he felt bad." That she was going insane. That's what he starts off. That's the start okay. of it is that he goes, she, I, I, under, I knew her, you know, you, you wouldn't understand because you couldn't read her, but I, I knew her and I could read her. 
Um, maybe I should just spelled it out. Like I can read her mind, <laughs> and I know she's going insane, so I killed <laughs> her because I knew that's what she wanted. But that, that's the narration right there. <clears throat> okay. And then in the end, the cops are at the door, and he goes, "I'll get rid of them. It's not. It's not a big issue. And they just they're just here to investigate some sounds that happened." And then it cuts to black. Um, it sounds so cool when I describe it. I mean, but like, that sounds good. The movie, the movie is <laughs> so confusing, though. Hey, you look at it, and you're like, this is so weird. Well, how, how do you film a guy reading a, a person's mind? Well, for one, he's in the opposite room, and he can, and he's like, look, look on your right, and then she, he's like telling the girl where to look, and she finds a ring, and then she comes <laughs> and she says, I can't get married to you because I, I don't know how long this is going to be, and goes, I want to marry you. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard, man. Ooh. I don't know. I, I could have used a team, but I did it so all myself. You, so you did that all, you conveyed the psychic ability just with uh, dialogue. I did, and I didn't do it very well, so mm. <laughs> there was that. Maybe you need to have another stab at it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, I, I think it's gone now, but uh, mm. yeah, it sounds like a cool story, doesn't it? Maybe it doesn't have to be a film. Maybe it's just good as a written piece of work. I, I, could, I could throw in a short story, maybe that'll be my next one. That sounds mm. really cool, actually. Especially when it comes to psychic things, because it's all internal, it's all in your head. How do you convey that with, unless you're looking at the guy's face, and he's like, I'm thinking. Like, so the last two stories I, I did, I think I could turn them into into movies. But yeah, so a lot of short stories you can't, um, mm. or just like, ah. Uh, so like that flower one, that'd be hard to turn into a film. Just watching a flower the whole time? Unless it's like stop animation, but. I don't yeah, know that, that would be cool. An animated movie you could do. Yeah, but I don't think you could do it with live action. What? <laughs> you could, but it would have to be like really short, I think. Um, How you do that? Kind of like that. You got to watch the lamp, the, the lamp one. Yeah, the okay. commercial, man. We can look at that later. Because that one, you you definitely feel for this stupid lamp, and it's just a lamp. <laughs> and that's, that's, you could definitely do it with the flower, too. Oh, yeah, okay. I was thinking about filming it. I, th- I always think of my short stories as films anyway. So when I, when I yeah. write them especially, I'd really try to, to write out a scene. I don't, I don't, I don't want to write like a writer. I want to write like I write, which is yeah, like, yeah. like scene-driven. Um, I think yeah. it's a good way to approach writing, too. I guess so. Um, yeah. I'm still, I'm still struggling. We're not struggling, but I, I'm still wondering about point of view. Mm-hmm. So there's third person and first person point of view, and there's limited, and then there's um, like omniscient point of views. So like yeah, the, yeah, the narrator know. might know everything, or the narrator might only He's know godlike. one thing. I, I really like um, what's called... Omnipotent's hard, though, because it's hard to have emotion when you're all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, right? Well, yeah, I like to write in limited most most often because I like just just being from one person's point of view, and I like just saying it from them. And then then you can add in like dramatic irony and all this other stuff. <clears throat> Should I wear this? If you want it, I find that will be more comfortable, perhaps. Oh shit, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. Anyways, tell me some more about you. Uh, I'm writing a story of my own, actually. Um, yesterday, I. I can't. So I just I figured out that you can't describe time travel in a conversation easily. It's really hard to describe a time travel plot. Like the rules of the time travel. Or? No, no, no. Just to explain a complicated time travel plot in words, it's really hard. You can read it and you can kind of get it. Or you can see diagrams and you can kind of get it. Yeah. But to hear about he went back and then he went forward and then he went back, it's so complicated. But I wrote out this time travel script and I've been trying to write this for a few years. But I think I finally have the plot laid out. Yeah. And I like how everything actually seems like it follows its own rules. 
I find that it's hard to do in time travel. It's easy to break it, but it's hard to come back to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's tricky to stay consistent throughout. Mainly because it's probably impossible in real life. That as well. So you got a whole bunch of problems going up. Believable. Same with like any magic um, in in a in a movie is very difficult to do too. How do you do magic movies? Like prestige? No, like um, I don't know, Lord of the Rings or anything with magic in the world. Mm. Because they can just do everything. Take like Elder Scrolls, for example. Like the the rules they make in their game are often broken for random reasons, or like it's it's not in depth enough to to really make you feel like it's a real yeah. thing. Because very aren't, very difficult to do. The rules aren't solid. It's like Yu Gi Oh. Oh, we just need another card, but then this card just like breaks all the rules. Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Same with time travel. Like um, I don't I don't know. You, you take like Back to the Future. There's there's a, there's, a, there's a YouTube video on like different types of time travel that they use, mm. um, and there's like different sets of rules that a bunch of different ones use. Like sometimes there's the alternate future one. Sometimes I don't know changes the future. I, I don't know. There's a no, no, I mean there's like time. Yeah. There's like you can't change it at all. No matter what you do, it just causes the same thing. Oh yeah, there's that that one too. So yeah. what's what's your what's your rule? So mine is the guy thinks he can change it. Okay, that's what his thing is. Um, so I can describe like half of it and then I have to stop because you're, you're just going to get, you're not going to know what's going on anymore. So I can tell you like the Jane main theme though. The main theme is a few things. A, have, you, have you seen the time machine? Yep. With Richard, uh, not Richard. Um, yeah, I've seen time machine. Guy sure. Ritchie, I think. Guy Ritchie, there you go. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but, but the rules in that one are that he can change anything about the future except for the fact that his wife died. <laughs> because that's the reason he made the time machine. So if he saves his life, he never would have made the time machine. Absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, continue Ooh. with your story. I actually didn't make that connection. I think it's right. That's cool. Um, so okay, so the premise of mine is um, a is uh, I walk into a room. I'm, I'm just going to use myself as the character just for illustration purpose. I walk into a room. Already. And uh, in that room, I see my dead self. Okay. I see my dead body. So as soon as I walk into the room, I should know there's time travel or cloning or something. Something's up. Why am I dead over there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that kind of sparks the initial uh, thing. On the body, I find a cell phone. On the cell phone, there's clues where that body's been. So there's pictures, there's maybe text messages, there's maybe information that I've made phone calls to certain people. So this is like my sort of guide to what could happen. So that's that's one element in the story. Okay. Um, another element is there's another. So I'm not going to show how all these things connect because it's complicated. I'm just going to say what the key interesting parts of this story. Another one is the guy who wants to go back into the past and he wants to make himself benefit in the future. Right. That's why he invented the time machine so he can go back and buy a lottery ticket. Like or, hot tub time machine. Hmm? Like hot tub time machine. Yeah, kind of like that. I love that movie. Yeah. So he thinks he can change the past. <laughs> Um, okay. He wants to go back, and he wants to like give himself all the solutions. He wants to give himself all the answers. Right. Um, that's one part. Uh, and then there's a third part where I have a person I like in the present. I fall in love with this girl, and I don't realize that she's not from my present time. She's like from another time. So I fall in love with this girl. We have this relationship, but I don't realize until it's later revealed that she was never in my present time. She came from another time and had this relationship with a girl from 
some of the periods. So are you in your other self's time or are you in your own time? Yeah, so like there's a bunch of jumping all over the place and then that's too confusing to explain unless you actually were to read it out. Sit down and read but it. Like, yeah. These are the key ideas which I think are cool. How are you going to write it? Is it a screenplay? Yeah, I, like you can read it later on. I've written out the whole synopsis oh, of the story. Oh, shit, cool. Um, but I think these are the cool elements of it. And then, let me see, I think there was one other one that was interesting. Um, see, I think one of the most yeah. important parts then would be how do you clarify it for the audience? Because yeah. that, that is that's a difficult thing to do. Um, for me, that's always the thing about my films. One time I, I made a short film about this guy and his wife died, but I didn't want to say that his wife died because why would you mention that your wife died? And so you never know that his wife died. And in the end, he gets with another girl, and, and she kind of gets him over the, you know, his, his lost wife. Oh, it's just implied that his wife died. Yeah, and, Ooh, and you don't know. And then in the end, you're like, oh, I, I didn't see that at all. And then when I, depressed. <laughs> if I tell the person before they watch it, the movie's better. So I'm like, I should have mentioned that Ooh. somewhere. Shown a picture of her or something. Who knows? But anyways, yeah. No, um, I don't know. I like time travel. <laughs> I'm totally into that. I love those movies. Out of all movie genres, is time have you travel. seen the one where they there's a there's a camera in the other room and it takes a picture of the room? Yes, that was a great one. That was a that good was one. a great one. That was like a B movie, but it was like it was really cool. But the I concept is so good yeah. that it becomes an A movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, that was a cool one. Um, yeah, what was that movie called? Yeah, and they they take photos of the day the next day every yeah. time. Pictures of things that they want to yes. know, but and they couldn't change it. They, they it was always it. the same, and like they like we they better can be cause there. it. They can't change it. Yeah, <laughs> we be, we better be there to fucking make sure the mm. it's the same as it was yesterday. But it, it's always it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I would have tried to change it. I would have said fuck it. Well, let's not no, they do. go. They, they do try to change it at several points, and it just causes it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important in a time travel story, though, because if you just change it, then the rules don't matter anymore. That's the problem. You've broken all... Well, it depends on your story. I mean, Back to the Future, he changes the future, mm -hmm. right? Did you see Primer? Primer? No. No, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of movies where they actually intentionally change it, and it, they do it, and like that's what happens. Um, yeah, I guess Back to the Future, they do that. I think Time Machine was the first one, wasn't it? Time Machine seems to work. Who wrote that, do you know? I don't know. No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's, an old, it's an old story, though, I think. Yeah, I think it was... New movie, was, old story. Yeah, probably the first uh, time travel movie, our story. Sounds like a war, the world's kind of writer. Yeah. Just wrote it back in when he had this brilliant sight in some other century. I wonder if it was the same writer. Yeah, uh, it kind of feels like it should be. George Orwell or whatever. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but that name sounds familiar. <laughs> George Orwell. Yeah, is it? The George Orwell's time, time Machine? It sounds, it sounds right. <laughs> Finds out the wrong guy. He wrote Moby Dick or something. <laughs> George Orwell wrote uh, Animal Farm. And... Animal Farm? That sounds familiar, too. H.G. Oh, Wells. H.G. Wells, okay. I wrote read. The Time Machine, but I think H.G. Wells was also... H.G. Wells. War of the Worlds, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. It'd be funny if it's all written by one guy. We just assume it's different people, and they're all... It's just one dude did all these things. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I've always wanted to make a time travel story, time travel movie of some form. I think the movie's a little ways off. You've got to write the book first. But um, I had this idea like years ago where 
uh, like way back. I like the idea. I walk into a room, I see myself dead body, and I try to solve my own murder. I always like that. Concept. So is it is it a um, mystery then? Is it a? It's crime, a mystery for me. Crime mystery. But here here's here's the the twist though, <laughs> is that I'm actually not the most important character. I think I am because it's my perspective. Yeah. But I didn't make the time travel machine. No. So the story is really about the guy who made the time travel machine. But we're looking at it from my perspective, as I happen to be using it here and there. But I think that your character is going to be the one with the biggest change, isn't he? Yeah, but only from my perspective. So, so like, that's the twist in the movie, is you think it's really everything about what I'm controlling, blah, blah, blah. But I'm actually a side plot. That's the irony of it. I think about genre a lot. I think mm. about... Um, like, Tarantino makes genre films. And I always thought, like, what does that mean? What the, mm. what the hell are you talking about? But he makes, like, a Western, or he makes a whatever. And then, and then there's so many different types of genre, and there's so many different ways of writing, but there are expectations that we have when we watch a certain type of movie. Mm. Do you know what genre Harry Potter is? Fantasy, I guess. You could say yeah. fantasy or magic or something like that, but you know what I actually think it is? I think it's a mystery, or it's a, it's a crime mystery. Because there's always something that happens, and they have to discover it. These guys are the Keeps you interest. Yeah. In- investigators, and they have to that's figure true. out what happened. Right? That's true. And that's every movie is like that, and that's that to me is what keeps us interested. Mm. The world is magic and all that, but the plot is a mystery. It's a that's true. It's it's a crime thriller. Really. That's why it's interesting. You want to know what happens at the end of the chapter. Yeah. So you, you mix those two, and you get a compelling story. Um, and so when I'm writing, I you gotta keep the tension somehow. And I think that that the plot mm. structure has a certain type of genre and that's what I want to study and that's what I want to get better at. Mm. And so your story I think is also uh why from what I've heard so far it it could be like that like it's you got to figure out what happened and, and discover Yeah yeah stuff. yeah no it is it is and delve more into like oh my god I, I went back in time or I'm in the future who knows. Yeah. <laughs> the, th- the thing that I've been struggling about is cuz I'm thinking about this from like how would this be filmed? I don't know why that's that's like my lens of how I view writing. So I'm constantly thinking, wait a second, this scene doesn't have enough urgency. Even though I haven't actually written the story, but just even the plot itself, I'm like, there needs to be urgency at some point in this scene, or else it's not going to be a great thing to film later. What do you need? Um, like, there needs to be something where you're running out of time, in a certain extent. You, 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 have, can, you can have that. Um, that's, um, it has to be a deadline, or else there's no way to force the plot to move. <laughs> Otherwise they just relax and there's no <clears throat> pressure. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I saw two things. Two things I wanted to add more in my writing were mm. um, like tension and something else. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> something else. Oh, I'm just getting a little tension tired. And... That, that bike right here was insane. <laughs> was an hour long. I got lost. That was so funny, man. It's dark too nowadays. By the time I was like, I noticed I was lost, I was like at least 20 minutes past where I was supposed to turn. Because when I was going down the road, the sign, there was no sign. It was all construction, so there's no sign. Yeah. I'm like, could that be Warden? I don't even know. Anyway, so <laughs> it was really, oh man. And then I got to my buddy's house. I'm like, maybe I'll go over there and I'm done. I'm like, wait, wait, he doesn't live near you. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with tension, though, how, how do you approach that, though, if you're trying to add tension? Because for me, I am thinking that it has to be, there has to be time deadline. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter. You don't think like that at all. Usually, usually third act of a story, you're going to have a time crunch. Mm. Um, ticking clock would happen yeah in the third act but other than that you don't really need it to keep tension yeah give me any story i'm, I'm sure there isn't really a, a time deadline well the problem with time travel is you actually have infinite time you know it's always funny every every time travel story when they go back into time they're always like 
They go to the wrong time. They, they instead of giving themselves extra time, exactly. they go directly to the point where exactly. they have a time crunch. So if you do that without that though, then they just eh, I'll just chill for a month. That's no good. Yeah, <laughs> can't have that. There's a, there's another one that was pretty good with uh, Aubrey Plaza. What's that one called? Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza Time Machine. Mm. It's got the guy from. I saw a lot of her movies. I don't know what time machine though. Thank you for listening or something. Or Thank you for listening. You haven't seen that one? That's pretty good. Thank you. It sounds familiar. Well, the guy's crazy. He goes, who wants to come back in time with me again? Yeah, I got to see this movie later. This sounds good. Whatever this is. Audrey Plaza, Time Machine? I want to see that. Yeah, well, she she's a reporter, and she's supposed to investigate this guy because he's kind of crazy. Mm. Um, and he's like, yeah, I got a time machine. We'll go back in time. Mm. And you don't see, actually, if he has a time machine or not until the end of the movie. So whoa, 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 it's not whoa, really a time travel movie. So you don't find out about time machine at all, really? No. Until the end of the movie. So the whole movie, you, you see things happening you just never explained? No, it, nothing ever happens you can't explain. Oh. It, he just says that he went back in time, and that he's come back, and that he's going to go again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just a, it's not even part of the story, really. It's just a side plot. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he's basically crazy, and then Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza has to... I don't remember his name. You'd know him, though, if you saw him. He's from mm. um, The League. He's the main guy in The League. Oh, yeah. He's a big writer. I, I can't remember. The, the, the Justice League? No, The League, the, the TV show. I haven't seen that. About actually. fantasy football. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Check it out later. Uh, you want to take a break? Yeah, sure. Oh, talking so much. Uh, <laughs> Put on, let it play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. We're back. We're back. We took a short break, and now we're now we're ranting about movies again. Short, well needed break with some <laughs> dinner involved. So you think Tenet? What are you saying about Tenet? Christopher Nolan's gem. Well, I haven't seen Tenet yet. I'd I like to. Seen but it's got to be about something more than what just you see on the screen, and it's got to be about some bigger picture thing, because hmm. um, that's what Christopher Nolan does, and he's like uh, yeah. Lynch in that way, where he. His movie's about something, and you don't know. And the same with Tarantino; he does the same thing. His movies are always about something, some more than what you something more. See. Yeah, well, there's a literal version which sucks, and then, <laughs> and then there's the figurative version which is actually really good. Well, you could say there's the little version that is uh, face value, and hopefully it doesn't suck because that's what we want to see when we go to the theater. We want to see the story, hmm. but the deeper <laughs> meaning of the story is always is always what's more complex and what's more entertaining. So, so that's, that, that's where the movie Stalker comes in. Okay. So there's this movie called Stalker, 1979 by Tchaikovsky. And if you watch it, it's just painful and boring. Yeah. And then you find out what it's about, and it's the most amazing movie. So it's exactly like Lynch. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that. Um, I don't know if I even recommend watching it, but I do recommend understanding it. But that's the thing. If the face value, if, if, if the, the thing that you're watching is too boring to get through, then it's what's so the point painful of the bigger to watch message? it. It's so brutal. It's yeah. two hours and 40 minutes Holy shit. with nothing. I, I won't even watch... Um, and it's beautiful when you know what it's about. Yeah? <laughs> well, maybe I should watch it then. Well, here's the thing. It's so awful to watch, though. That's knowing, the problem. Knowing what it's about before you watch it, is that maybe that's a good idea. Hmm. Because I could tell you what any David Lynch film is about, and you watch it, and you're like, oh, yeah, I see that. I see what's going on. Yeah, but maybe it's better not to know going like, do in. Do you know what Eraserhead is about? I do now. Yeah? Uh, I didn't enjoy it, though. It's a weird movie. Even still. It's even black and white, knew. too. Very odd movie. Eraserhead is painful. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a gruesome aspect about it. Like, it's very gruesome. Yeah. It's very visually disgusting. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's hard to, like, ugh. 
feel odd just the alien in the movie aliens they look very similar to that thing yeah 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 i thought so i wonder if they like somehow connected because it looks like the same alien i wonder who 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 made the film first it's gotta be uh david lynch made his first surely right do you know how long it took him to make that movie no how long a long time (laughs) i don't remember i know he made as a student but that guy kept that haircut for like four years or something (laughs) like that Walk around that stupid haircut. Why are you wearing that haircut? I'm making a David Lynch film. Who's that? It's some unknown director. <laughs> He's making his debut film. What's it about? I don't know what's happening in it. I'm telling you, I can feel it. What's the movie about? I don't know, but I think it'll be big. What 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 happens in it? I still don't know. <laughs> what are the visuals? I don't know. That's the thing, though. You you watch that's that's for me with David Lynch. I watched the movie, and mm. I think um, I, I honestly think like. He's just putting shit in here. Like, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Mm. And, like, if you've seen his artwork, too, you're like... No, I haven't seen his artwork. It's, it's, it's again, it's kind of grotesque. Mm. Um, did, you, did you hear his, an interview with him about how he makes films? I saw his master class. Oh, how was that? It was good. Ooh. Again, it's just very odd. And, and he doesn't seem like he knows what he's talking about. And then you watch his movie, and then you figure out what it was about, and you're like... He knew exactly what he was talking about the whole time. And like, this guy's a genius. What'd you get out of this masterclass? I haven't seen that. Oh, man. Um, I can't rem- I can't even remember. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> That's the thing with those masterclasses is that it's just a clip of someone's experience. And No, well, I took notes. I wanted to get the highlights so I'm going to watch it again. With who? With Malcolm Gladwell. With, um... I saw the start of his. With never, Neil never Gaiman. Your games was good. Yeah, I just took note to that. Especially with that kind of thing, because that's something I actually want to use or refer to. Right? I think his Natalie Portman's was really good. I don't remember what she was talking about. Um, Dustin Hoffman's was good. Don't remember what he was talking about. Is his still on? I thought they took this down. Well, they took his down. I think you can get it for free now. <sighs> Same with the other guy. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. What happened, to, what happened to Hoffman? I understand what happened to Spacey. That was big. <clears throat> I don't know. I never, I never even, I never heard about it. I, I knew he did something. I can't remember what he did. Um, but his was about like method acting, and then Spacey's was about um, doing monologues. Spacey's, I didn't really get much out of that one. I love Spacey's acting though, and I think, I think the thing I got out of his was that he had, he was imitating people lot as a child and that helped him act mm. and i think it was getting into their persona not so much like imitating their voice but being that person having the body language and all that stuff yeah and then i i stole something off him he did he was in a movie um horrible bosses yep yes <clears throat> yes and when, and when he just whispers to the guy he's like you're my bitch and when he did that, <laughs> it's so terrifying. It's such a good acting mm. choice. And mm. like, if you saw that in a script, you wouldn't do it like that. Maybe you would now. But I did that to a friend of mine at work. I said something like that, and mm. he was terrified. <laughs> it's very scary when you whisper. That's right. It's way scarier than just yelling it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, he's like, just to let you know, you're screwed the rest of your life. Um, Something terrifying about understating it. Or it's like the, the phrase, I will end you. And you don't know what it is. I will end you. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Something about the fear is about not knowing how they're going to do it. They say, I'm going to cuddle you in this, these exact ways. This step one, I'm going to hurt you. This step two, step three is not as scaring as I'm going to do something very bad to you. And you're not going to see it coming. Uh, somehow that's scarier. 
Instead of the Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm going to kill you last. <laughs> I, got, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a very scary guy, is he? Even as a bad guy in movies. Well, what's he been a bad guy? He's Batman a bad guy in, like, Batman films. He was the Dr. Freeze or whatever. Yeah, that was a horror. Not movie. a very scary feeling. <laughs> I, will kill, I will kill you. Yeah. Freeze, chill. Please, I will take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Schwarzenegger. Mm. I think his movies are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> true, true Lies. Have you, have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, that was solid. Something? That's oh, but James Cameron, right? But that's also with Jamie Lee Curtis, and I think she's one of the best actors out there. That was a solid movie. That's right. I forgot about that one. I got to see that again. Harry! <laughs> that was great. Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Alien 2. Woo! Yeah, Alien and Alien 2 were good. Yeah, Alien. Usually sequels are garbage, but that one was good. Isn't there meant to be more Avatar movies coming out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I heard about that yesterday, actually. It's meant to come out this year, I thought, you but it's not happening, obviously. Oh, what's your name? Who's uh, in that movie? Sigourney Weaver? No. Oh, it's Kate Blanchett. No. I don't know Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet is in the movie, and she, oh, got, yeah? the, she got the record for longest... Held breath underwater for a movie or something. <laughs> what? The, act, the actor who held her breath the longest for Titanic or what? For some a movie? No, for Avatar. She's an Avatar. Kate Winslet. <laughs> Avatar two, yeah. Guess how Damn. long she held her breath for? How long? You want to guess? Well, I know what the, what the human record is, and it's between that and that. Um, let's go with five minutes. I think it was seven and a half minutes or something. Whoa. Something crazy. And she beat Tom Cruise's record. I think he did it for six minutes. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Damn. I'd be terrified to hold my breath that long. Well, I, I get scared with just being under for like a minute or two. I've gone over a minute, but I know, seven, that's crazy. How is that? Did she train or something? Yeah, of course. There's there's tactics to do it. I saw, I saw a YouTube video about it, Ooh. actually. Pretty interesting. Yeah, isn't it meant to be a whole bunch of Avatar? Like, it's meant to be a, more than just one coming out. Avatars? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just heard about it yesterday. Oh. I just heard my Mary was telling me about a bunch of bunch of stuff that was going on. <laughs> this guy's gonna be. There's so many movies that are supposed to come out and they didn't come out. Avatar is one of those. The next Top Gun two. Oh yeah. It's supposed oh, to be coming that out. out. That hasn't come out yet. Well, it was supposed to come out a long time ago. But they just pushed it back. Pushed it back. Like Tenet wasn't meant to come out now. It was meant to come out a while ago. Um, Titanic or Avatar? Tenet. Titanic? Like Tenet, like Tenet, the Christopher Nolan. Oh, Tenet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one was supposed to come out a long time ago, but they kept pushing it back. That's going to be in theaters for a while, though, isn't it? Uh, they said they were going to keep it in theaters for a while. Well, only if it's keep making money. Hard to say. I hope so. I, I, I want to go see it. I haven't seen it yet. You can probably watch it online now, actually. I don't want to watch it online. I want to see it in theaters. Anything by big directors, I want to go yeah. see in theaters. I want this to see their experiences, especially if they know what they're doing. Like some new director who sucks, I don't care about to go to see his video. Yeah, if it's big visuals. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Same with like anything Tarantino. I want to see in the theaters because that's what he makes it for the theater. Yeah. You watch it on your TV. Uh, right. The big thing is that like a TV is so small compared to a screen. A screen, the characters on the screen are ten times your size. And then on your, on your TV, the characters are a tenth of your size. Yeah, my TV's all right, but I got like a, I, I have like the speakers so I can get the surround sound, which helps. It's fine, and and I, I guess that's where we're going to these days is like bigger TVs. Yeah. And, 
uh, nicer picture quality. But it's just the size of TV. Really. It's the only difference. Something bigger in a theater. But a theater as well, you're going to see them. And so it's kind of a respect thing. It's Here, like they're a, coming yeah. into your house, so you don't give a shit what's going on. But there, you're in their domain. You're totally focused. There's nothing else to look yeah, at. Yeah, and you don't, you don't go on your phone or anything. You're sitting there and you're watching the film. Hmm. And I hope we don't lose that experience. That's true. And then you get the, the other intangibles, like the smell and the way that everything echoes in the room. You get all of that as well. And I think watching with a bunch of different people too. Yeah, that seems to help. It's just an experience. You really feel out <clears> of <throat> your comfort. Well, not even comes up, but like you feel like you've gone to a different place when you're in a theater. We saw Aquaman in theaters. Oh, yeah. And when we laughed, it's like everyone was laughing together. <laughs> what did you think of that movie? I just saw that a few days ago. I hated every part of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Jason Momosa. I don't even know his name. <laughs> Momo. Momoa. Momo. I loved. He's cool. Like he's, he's cool. interesting and he's entertaining. But the movie was so lame, and we were getting like seasick because of the underwater stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. A lot I'm of that. pretty sure the same explosion happens five times to cut a scene off to push the story forward. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I haven't enjoyed a DC movie yet. Not even Joker, the new one. Uh, uh I, I don't think I enjoyed that when I watched it. Really? It was really oh, depressing. Right. Um, it was okay, though. I liked, There was a lot of stuff I liked about the movie. But as a whole, I, I thought it was okay, but I didn't really, I wasn't, wasn't too uh, enthused about it. But it was okay. And I, I do like the Christopher Nolan Batman series. Yeah, anything with Christopher Nolan, right? Although I didn't like the third Batman. So, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, something about the Bane one really didn't ring with people. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. It's going to be hard to keep it up, though. How do you consistently work on a franchise and keep innovating somehow? But I think Marvel did a good job, and then DC just, yeah. I don't know, it sucks. Like, Batman versus Superman? I haven't. I wouldn't even watch that, but it's absolute garbage. Well, I Suicide think, Squad? I mean, come on. The Suicide Squad? Well, but Suicide Squad, wasn't that just because they wanted to have a, um, a Harley Quinn movie? Wasn't that the general premise for Suicide Squad in the first place? I don't think so. Maybe. I know they did do a... Because, I mean, I think people really wanted to see Harley Quinn. I wanted to see Harley Quinn. I wanted to see a movie about her. She's a cool character. I would have focused more of that movie on her. Yeah. And then who's Will Smith's character? Yeah, what the hell? Deadshot? I've never even heard of that guy before. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes the main guy? <clears throat> like, why make a movie about a guy we've never heard of? I wanted to see the love story between Joker and Harley. Yeah, that's what I me wanted. Me too, me too. And I don't think it's a love story. We still well, haven't a love seen story, that. But it's like, it's so messed up and that's what you want to it's watch. It's so not the focus of the movie. <laughs> and then apparently they cut out a lot of what um, Jared Leto did. Yeah, and and I can see that as an actor. I, I, yeah, I, I wanted to see Jared. I wanted to see Harley. Uh, I want to see Joker and Harley. I want to see what they do together. And then they didn't have that. It's not the movie at all. Which is, maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's my fault. I was going in to see a different movie than what they were going to give me. No, that movie's just absolutely <laughs> horrible. I, I saw bits and pieces. I was looking for myself in the movie because I did background work on the movie. Mm. And I, I went to the scene and I just thought, this is awful. I wouldn't even want to be associated with this movie. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. I remember when I saw that movie, I was just with uh, my dad. We watched Suicide Squad. And... We then movie hopped to the theater, <laughs> the, the one right across, and we went to see Tarzan. And the ca the cashier 
saw us movie hot. So he called the manager and they got a whole bunch of people to walk into the theater all surround us in the back of the theater and tell us off. Like, you were movie hopping. Oh my God. So what, what the hell Tarzan? Uh, there's a new Tarzan movie, which also has the same actress as who plays Harley Quinn. Margot, I forget what her name Margot is Robbie. right now. Margot Robbie. Yeah. So there's a new Tarzan movie with Margot Robbie playing Jane. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mediocre. It's okay. I can Whatever. Imagine. She's a good actress, and she's been in a lot of crappy movies now. It's got Christopher Waltz in it, if you like him. Uh, he's okay. I liked him in Inglorious Bastards, and I liked him in Django. Yeah, man. But maybe that's I like Tarzan. I don't know. Maybe you like Tarzan. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> thing is, I, I liked him in those Tarantino movies, and then you see, um, what's that movie called? Um, what's, what's the movie I mentioned before with uh, Kevin Spacey? Uh, Horrible Bosses. Horrible Bosses 2 had... Christopher Waltz in that movie was a piece Cold of trash. Cold 1 and 2 is great. Huh? Both of them are solid. It was okay. I just didn't think it was nearly as good as the first one. <laughs> <clears throat> but I think I think a lot of what makes a great actor is the films that they choose to be in. Um, like Brad Pitt, for one, has been in very few bad movies. Hmm. Um, but is that just because he's good? You don't think that's a thing? No. Don't you don't think, think so. he, the actor can help make the movie? They can absolutely help make the movie, but sometimes you can't. Like Will Smith's a great actor, but he's been in a lot of crap. He's been some stuff, hasn't he? How, how, like <laughs> I don't know what he he could have done nothing for the story in um, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, yeah, that's right. But yeah, I don't think the actor has control over that at all, do they? <clears throat> they do. They can choose not to be in the movie. He chooses to reject it. Um, well, that's what Bill Murray said when he was in Dumbo Droppy. There's this movie Dumbo Drop, and he decided, okay, I'm gonna. His his agent told him this is going to be a good movie, mm. and they did the movie, and it didn't do very well. And he says, mm. why Why did my agent? Why am I letting my agent choose the movies for me? I could have read the script. I, when I read the script, I knew it was a piece of crap. I could do this myself. So he fired his agent. And he never had an agent anymore. Well, that's that's what happened with Gary Oldman with Edward Scissorhand. He got the script, and people are trying to pitch him Edward Scissorhand, and he's like, this story is stupid. What? That guy's got scissors. Oh, shit. How is this a movie? This, this is the worst plot I've ever heard of. That's hilarious. And it turns out to be huge. <laughs> was Gary Oldman offered the part? The yeah, 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 they wanted to get Gary Oldman to do Edward Scissorhand, and Gary Oldman's like, no, this is the dumbest plot I've ever read. But you could say Gary Oldman's actually really good at choosing films, though. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness to Gary Oldman, Edward Scissorhand's a weird story. It is, and I think Giant Depp did it justice. I mean, Gary Oldman can play cool characters like that, too. Yeah. But, but I, that's one of Giant Depp's best movies, if not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe his sure. best movie. Pirates of the Caribbean was pretty good, too. But, I mean, you could say that with... Especially when Tim Burton wasn't so big yet. That's true, too. Yeah. The people didn't know what that guy could do yet, really. Didn't know he's going to make... Do you like Tim Burton films? I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. Yeah. You got the movies, though? <laughs> Can't go wrong with, with... I wasn't too fond of Ed Helms, or whatever that one was. The black and white one. Ed Wood. Ed Wood, yeah. I hated that movie. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird one. But I didn't get it. Um, that was an RT one. Thing is, when you when they're trying to make you empathize with the character who just sucks at everything they do, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like anything about the character, and I think that's that's one of the main things that makes me not like a movie is just having a character that I can't empathize with. Who is <clears> this <throat> guy that just has no attractive qualities about him? Well, what about Trainwreck? I was telling you. Train? Well, it depends if you like Amy Schumer or not. That's the thing. If you like Amy Schumer, it's okay. If you hate her, that is really hard to like that movie. But you could you could have characters I don't like. Um, for example, if you take... Uh, but you don't like Amy Schumer outside of Trainwreck either, though. I don't dislike her. Oh, I just, okay. Never mind. I just... Um, 
I just didn't like her in the movie. She just didn't have any redeemable qualities. Ah. She was raised to believe that, um, I can't remember what it was, like sex was a good thing or something, and that she should be drinking all the time. Mm. You, you can turn that into something good. Um, you, you can turn it into something relatable. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's all you need is something relatable. It's like, uh, who's that guy? Oh, my God. Which guy? There's that movie where he's like a, an oil guy. California. What? Oh my God. I need more context. There will be blood. Movie. There will be blood. Bill. There will be blood. Have you heard of this movie? No, I don't know what this is. Um, anyways, the guy in the movie is, <laughs> oh Jesus. Isn't that what it's called? You've seen Gangs of New York. Yes, I saw that. Martin Scorsese. Who's the main guy in that? Leonardo DiCaprio? Who's the other guy? Who's the bad guy? Oh. Oh, the guy who plays There Will Be Blood. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I know all the things he's in, but I don't know who he is. What the hell? Um, is he in Last of the Mohicans? I think he was. <laughs> okay, what about him? Yes, I know who we're talking about. So he's in There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. You know that movie? Yes, yes. It will be yeah, good. And, he's and terrifying in that movie. He's terrifying. He's a horrible person, but he's relatable. I don't scary. know why he's relatable. He just is. They did something to make him relatable. He's really scary in that movie. Yeah, and I think he just he's just so ambitious or something. And he's also, he breaks his leg in the start and he crawls to save himself, ah. you know? And then you're like, okay, I don't, he's not a nice guy. Oh. I wouldn't want to hang out with this guy, but I like him. And I, I want to, I want to, I want him to succeed. And that was something I thought Trainwreck was missing because I really mm. liked the guy she was into, but I thought, why would he like her? Well, she hasn't done anything to make him like her. And maybe comedy can be something to connect you with someone. Mm. But I just, she just needed, I don't know. Did you, did you see his recent one? Um, the King of. King of Staten Island? Staten Island, yeah. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. I thought that was great. Yeah, I loved it. That was a solid movie. Really good. Bill Burr killed it too, and that would Bill Burr's amazing in that. Yeah, <laughs> and that was that was the first thing I've seen with that other guy, Peter. What was his name? Uh, Pete something. Pete um, David Pete Davidson. Yeah, is that his name? Maybe <laughs> Pete Davidson, something like that. Pete Davidson, sure. Yeah, well, he's only done like Saturday Night Live stuff, right? But I never liked that stuff. I don't know why. There's something about it I just didn't like. Why well, someone stand up? He has a stand up special on Netflix. I would probably like him more now because I kind of understand who he is, which is mm. nice. But I told you a lot of stand up these days is just what makes me really depressed, and that's gonna I'm gonna make, <laughs> I'm gonna make jokes about that. And that's what that uh, there's a comedy thing on Netflix, I think Sarah Silverman thing. Sarah Silverman. She they they made this like documentary, and they have all these comedians and mm. of depression, and they say that I'm I'm a comedian because I want to deal with my depression, but it doesn't help. And it's mm. not going to help you get over your depression to make fun of things that you're, you got to get help if you want to. <laughs> but that's, that's what comedy has become. It's become about depression and it's people trying to cure the depression by making fun of things. And I think it's awful. And I think you, it's some people, I don't think I, when you go to the open mics, you see some people who just don't have an outlet. And so they're like, this is, this is all I got. Let me try it on stage. Well, last time I went, it was just every single person. This was like an amateurish mm. night too. Every single person was making fun of stuff they hate. And the whole night was about stuff I hate. And so <laughs> uh, I, I, wasn't, I, I was like, okay, there's jokes about things that I hate. But I, I, why would I want to listen to this for... And it was like three hours long. Here's the long. top ten things I dislike. <sighs> Let me talk about all the things I hate and how much I hate them. 
Do you, do you know what I hate is, uh, is how, how often we're on social media. So I got a, I got a 20 minute piece about social media. And I'm like, I don't want to hear this. I came to get away from social media. That's why so, it's so hard to watch the news nowadays. It's all about negative things. I, I've always found news is like Yeah, negative news is always negative. Yeah. What's up with that? Because it gets, <laughs> it gets attention. Otherwise, who cares? But I think that's the problem, isn't it? Like, isn't it at a certain point where like, news is no longer useful? It's just negative. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it. It shapes us so much, too. I think there's something about... Um, we are shaped so much that we don't even realize by like movies and stuff. Mm. And uh, there, there was this guy who said like, I don't know. Men are very afraid of women sometimes. And I think that's, that's because of movies we watch. There's always like the nervous kid and that nervous mm. kid always gets the girl in the end. And you're mm. like, oh, I gotta be really nice and I gotta be this weird quirky character. And that's mm. like, that's not who you should be at all. You should be confident. You should. You know, women should be a, a part of your life, but not the main part of your life. The guy who's confident and strong in the beginning of the movie, that guy doesn't get the girl at the end of the movie. <laughs> no, never. And I don't know. Is that true to life? I have no idea. There's, there is something about that I've found in real life is that a confident guys often, not confident guys, but cocky guys, mm. will often get girls that cheat on them. I find that a lot. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then the loser guys always find kind of the loser girl who mixes with them in real life. You find the guy, you find the person who's similar? Well, I think similarities are what mm. keep us together anyway. Um, Probably helps a bit. There's birds of a feather flock together. It's hard to find someone who's your exact opposite and somehow make, be attracted to each other. Make things work. You got to be with this person for your whole life. It's a long time. Yeah. Like I, we, me and my fiance talk about this all the time. Like we're going to be together for a very long time. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. That's We've been right. together for three years. Imagine 30 years from now. That's, yeah, that's, that's only like half of it. You got to be around a long, longer than that, supposedly. You think? You I hope? Don't know. I'm not in the best of health, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to take care of myself here in Chester, but I just... You're just trying to make it through the next few years. <laughs> if I make it to 40, I'll be, I'll be pretty excited. <laughs> I had a date with a girl, and she was like, I gotta get all these things done before I'm 40. Like, I gotta travel the world. And I'm like, why? Because she's like, I don't know if I'm gonna be around much longer after that. <laughs> like, what? My ex-girlfriend wants to kill herself by the time she's 35. Jeez. Oh, because she never wants to be old. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> she wants to max out her credit cards and then boop. Well, if you're going to go, I mean, you might as well max out the credit cards. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. I guess, I guess the bank's taking a risk by giving you all that money, eh? You just hope you don't give it to crazy people. Yeah. yeah. I have some friends who can't get credit cards. Really? They, because uh, they're international students or international Oh, and they people. can't get credit cards? And apparently, if you're from another country, it's really hard to get credit cards for some. Even if you have perfect rating in the other country. What country are they from? Uh, like London. And he's like got a degree as well. You just can't get credit card here because they doesn't have a permanent... He's not a Canadian citizen. He's not a permanent resident. But he's from England. Don't they have credit cards there? <laughs> yeah, he's got, good, he's got good credit. But he just... But for some reason, they don't trust people here unless you have permanent resident or something. Well, that's kind of crazy. Maybe, maybe because you could be lying about who you are. I don't it's know. like it's really hard to do anything without a credit card. I guess so. Where, where were we before credit cards? Like, didn't we, didn't we save up money to spend? Cash, I guess. Paid by check. <laughs> I, I'd like to stop using any credit. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be in debt for anything. Mm. I mean, it might not be possible. Especially, if you want to make a movie, you got to borrow money. 
Yeah, I don't know how that works for financing movies. They get it's going to be really hard. I don't know. You know, uh, how does that work? How does a movie get financed? You should know more than me. I've never financed a movie. Well, you got a producer, and they get they get money. They'll uh, mortgage their house if they want to make a movie. Yikes! <laughs> they told me that in acting school. It's like, okay, you got to be pretty good because this guy's mortgaging his house, so you can be in his movie. <laughs> okay, no pressure. That's fine. <laughs> no pressure. If you don't do it, this guy's a few people going to be homeless because of your non good acting because you didn't do a good job. Hey, hey, hey. I'd like to I'd like to get more film um, soon though, I I don't know I want I want to get a good 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 role for like the winter. Mm. I have an idea. I want to film um, to build a fire, which is about a guy and he goes into this little town and there's all these old timers and they say don't go out into the wild by yourself because you'll die. Okay. And he says no, nah, I'm fine. A real man can take care of himself. And then he he goes with his wolf dog uh, across Alaska or whatever. And he's going to meet some friends in this cabin. And on the way, he falls into this water. And he has to light this fire. And he's doing it really quick because he's starting to freeze. And his hands are starting to get so frozen, he can barely hold on to the match. Mm. And he gets the fire going. And he says, okay, see, as long as you keep your wits about you, you're fine. You're not going to die by yourself just because you're by yourself. If you, As long as you're a real man, you can take care of yourself, you're fine. Okay. And then the wind hits and it knocks his fucking tree and the snow falls on the fire and it's out <laughs> and he gets so cold so fast he can't even hold the match. So he decides he's going to take his knife and he's going to cut his dog open and put his hands in there to warm him up so he can light the fire. Ooh. So he calls his dog over and the dog won't come because the dog can see it in his eyes that something's wrong. Ooh. He says, come on, come on, come on, come on. So the dog finally comes over and he tries to pick up the knife in his hands he forgot are too frozen. He can't pick up the knife. So he holds his dog and he says, you know what? This isn't so bad. I mean, I don't feel it. There's worse ways to go. And he Oof. freezes to death and dies. And his dog stares at him. Remember, it's part wolf. But he just runs off and goes to the camp where the other guy's at. <clears throat> so I want to film that. And I have this kid who's, he must be 11 or 13 now. A really young kid. I worked with him when he was like nine. And he was making movies, and I thought, oh, this is really cool. This kid mm-hmm. learned a lot. But he, he he writes his own stuff, too. So a nine-year-old writing a movie, it's going to be a lot of action, a lot, very little um, depth to the movie. It sounds like a short movie. It doesn't sound like a long one. Which one? This one. Yeah, it'd be a short film. But, I mean, where the hell do you film it? Mm. I mean, you go to, like, Markham. There's, like, North Markham. There's, like, a lot of fields and stuff that are just pure. Um, well, where's, like, the snow, uh, the ski resort? Like, Blue Mountain? Yeah, 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 like around there maybe. But wouldn't be people be skiing? <laughs> well, not on the mountain, but like just that general empty. Like, there's a lot of fields and stuff there. Yeah, I filmed a movie, and they were filming Anne of Green Gables, the TV show, mm-hmm. around that area, and that's I think that's in Markham, man. So it's not that yeah, far. You could probably do it there. Blue Mountain's pretty far. That would work. <clears throat> but I want to give this kid something though to work on, and he he does a lot of like action movies with like a lot of explosions and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I wanted to throw that in there. So I actually had another movie idea for a movie that maybe we could do together. And it's based on um, The Things They Carried. Have you read that one? No, what's this? It's, it's, it's a story about like World War II or World War I. I think it's World War I. I think it's World War I. Uh, this guy was just like, he's just telling stories and, and he describes a lot about the stuff that they were carrying in their bags and stuff. Mm. But also the emotional burden they were carrying and uh, just, just everything they were carrying. So it means a lot. But um, one of the scenes, he talks about how 
I guess there's like gunfire and they get down, they start shooting. I don't even know what they're shooting at. It's just kind of like trees and shit. Something. Yeah, and so I'm like, that'd be a really cool scene. Like, have a guy that's just shooting into nothing. And maybe there's one guy who's picking off guys and he's actually focusing. Everyone's just shooting. And so when they see all these people they killed, they're like, how do we kill these people? And then they know it's that one guy. Mm. And then they have to go into this town and make sure there's no one there. And they have to scope it out. It's a really tense scene. It takes a long time. They got like this intricate going through the town. <clears throat> I thought that'd be really tense scene. I'm like, he could film that. I could write that and he could film that. Yeah. I'd have to come up with more of a story, but I think I'd, I, I could go somewhere with that. It'd be kind of cool. No, that sounds appealing. I also, there's something else about the war where they, they forced everyone to write every day. They had to write letters home and stuff. And it kept just saying, it gave you something to do. Uh, and that's why a lot of people who are in the war are really good writers. Like Hemingway was in the war. Roald Dahl was in the war. Oh, I didn't know that. He was a pilot. She wrote every day. Yeah. Wrote back to their lover or whoever. Didn't Roald Dahl? Roald Dahl got injured on like the first day of the war or something. You showed me a bunch of books by Roald Dahl which were like dark. Oh my God, his short stories? They're, yeah. They're amazing. It's yeah. Just, it's just very dark. Very. He's he's the master of the twist ending. Like He's so good at writing. If you like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you'll love his short stories. I haven't, I haven't, still haven't read these short stories. They sound more and more appealing every time. I always say Pig. Pig is one of my favorite short stories. Mm. It's just because it's so odd, and then the end mm. is so odd, but it's just like a cool world. It's, it's like a different world, but it, it seems so mm. down to earth. I don't know. It reminds me of so many different things. And because of that, <laughs> I read uh, Voltaire's Candide. And Candide is a really cool story about this guy who just gets the shit kicked out of him every day. <laughs> um, my sister's really cool What's idea. Pig? What's Pig about? A pig? What's pig that? is about these two... Um, these two kids, whatever, they just had a baby. Sure. And they want to go out and party. So they leave this brand new baby with their babysitter. And okay. they go out and they party and they get drunk and then they come home. And then uh, they forgot their keys. So they got to sneak through the window. Mm. And they have something in their hand. I can't remember what they have in their hand. But they got like bottles of booze or something in their hand. And then the cops see them sneaking in the window and they drive up. And they're like, hey, get, get out of the window, show me your hands. And they can't show them their hands because they got these bottles in their hands. So they're trying to sneak out of the window. And the <laughs> cops, because they got something in their hands, they all open fire and they kill these two people. And the Ooh. cops, of course, because they stopped this burglary, they get awards and they're celebrated like heroes. You know, they killed the owner of their own house. Huh? They killed the owner of their own house, though. Oh, yeah, I forgot. About that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the baby has to go live with the aunt. And the aunt lives on this farm and... She wants nothing to do with the world. So she mm. takes this baby and she raises them and she never lets them go into the world mm. and they don't eat meat. Um, mm. They only eat plants, plant-based foods, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then eventually the ant dies and he's got to go into town for the first time Ooh. to settle her will and all this shit. But I, I, won't, I won't say any more of the story. That's about halfway through the story and it just gets better and better from there. I don't know. I think you should ruin it now because now I'm intrigued. I think now you got to spoil it. <clears throat> well, he gets to the guy who's with the will and stuff. I think he buried her in the backyard because they... He buried they the had, ants in the backyard. Huh? He buried the ants in the backyard. He buries the ant in the backyard. I okay. think they, they had a cow maybe or a sheep or maybe a dog. They had an animal, I think. <laughs> and it dies. Mm. And they bury it. So when his aunt dies, he buries her. Yeah. And then he goes to the guy who just set up the funeral and all that. And he goes, she left you a lot of money, like $200,000 or 400000 something like that. And he goes, oh, that's great. And then he goes, okay, yeah, but 50000 has to go to her funeral. And he goes, what funeral? I already buried her. He goes, you can't do that. And he goes, why not? He goes, 
you just can't. So mm. I'm going to take it off anyway. So he takes $100,000 for the, the funeral or whatever. And he <laughs> takes uh, his fee, which is another 100000 or something. In, in the end, he's left with like $20,000 or something. But he really screws him out of this stuff. Jeez. But it doesn't say that he screwed him out of it. He just kind of did. Mm. And so he's like, okay, whatever. He has the money. He's got all this stuff settled. And then he's walking out of the town or whatever. And he sees a a diner or something or a restaurant. And he goes yeah. and he, to get some food. He's pretty hungry. And he gets served up a plate. I guess he, he picks something off the menu. He goes, I'll have the pork, I guess, whatever yeah. that is. So he brings on this plate and he tastes the pork. He goes, this is, this is incredible. This is really good. I really like this. Uh, I forgot to mention that one of his hobbies is that he makes recipes from all the plants and stuff that they have. Hmm. So he really likes cooking. He really, he's really into that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and um, he, tries, he tries the pork and he goes, this is, this is really good. What is this? And he goes, hmm. yeah, that's... That's the pork, buddy. He goes, yeah, yeah, what is that? What is it? And he's like, what the hell you say? <laughs> what do you want, kid? What do you mean? What is it? What do you eat pork? What is it? How do you make it? Goes, it's pig. It's pig meat. And he goes, pig meat? Are you kidding me? What are you, it's real pig meat? He goes, yeah, pig meat. Could be human meat. He goes, human meat? What the hell? And the guy's laughing at him. The, the guy's in the thing. And you're, you're thinking, like, what the hell's going on? That's crazy. Yeah, and he goes, well, how do they make it? He goes, how do you make what? The meal? And he goes, no, the pig meat. How do you get that? <laughs> he goes, I don't know. You got to go to the, the you got to kill a pig and make it. He goes, where do they do it? Where, can I, can I see this happen? And he's like, yeah, go to the, go to the, go to the, what do you call it? The, the slaughterhouse or whatever, and they can show you how it's done. Hmm. So he goes, okay, great. Where is it? And he goes, okay, it's down the street. He goes, like, cool. All right. So he's like, oh my god, this is going to be a great addition to my cookbook because yeah. I because he was never really against eating meat. That was his aunt. He just he, he just, just never ate it before. So he gets to this this slaughtering house and he goes, can I have a tour? And they're like, sure. Just sit in the waiting room. So he's in the waiting room and there's other families there sitting. They look really sad and they're waiting to go on the tour. And he's like, oh, I wonder if they also want to cook meat, but they don't look too happy about. There's pig meat stuff. I don't know what's going on. There's like a lady and her little kid, and he's like really sad. And he's like, I don't understand what the hell is going on. So he finally gets to go on the tour, and he's like with the guy, and he's talking to him, and he sees the pig go up, and it gets slaughtered. He goes, holy crap, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. He goes, yep, that's how it's done. He goes, that's really cool. And then he gets a chain hooked around his leg, and it flips him upside down and takes him up this conveyor belt. The kid gets fucked up. Yeah. Oh, whoa. And then he's like to the guy, hey, oh, I'm getting, what the hell? And the guy goes, and he just walks away. And then the kid gets taken up and he gets beat up on the way up. And then he gets, he's hanging upside down. He sees this guy with a knife. And he says, whoa, whoa, I'm not supposed to be here. And then the, the guy says something and he just slits his throat. And that's the end of the story. Oh, doll. My, that's my favorite story. I, I wrote a short story Oof. based on that one called Pig Farm. Oh, God. It's, it's about a farmer who lives in like a, a futuristic society where you're only allowed to eat pigs if you own them. You can't buy them at the store anymore. So this guy owns this pig farm and there's people with shares in the company. Mm. And so that's that's my story. <laughs> I won't tell you how it's mine. I'll let you read it. But. Oof. Got a similar twist, I guess you could say. I'm still reeling from that. <laughs> just the guy who just gets crap kicked out of him his whole life. But, but think about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and you and you and you think about like the uncle who's like this just trash guy sleeping on a bed. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and if you think the like he didn't anyway. put much effort into like writing this, 
he's just a random weird character who's kind of out of place. Same with Willy Wonka. He's mm. this crazy dude, mm. but he he knows his characters, Roald Dahl, mm. and he knows who these guys are. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so you... Mm. There's so much to like Willy Wonka that we don't even think about because we just think it's a children's story that doesn't Yeah, happen. you analyze the films a little bit and you're like, wait, this is actually a very strange film. Yeah. There's a lot going on here that you don't really get the first time you see as a kid. Like, why why are all the old people sleeping in this bed together? I guess it's the Great <laughs> Depression or whatever. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the things you're like, oh, this is fine. Yay, there's people they're all in this strange world, and then old you're like this is a really dark world. I recently learned how Roald Dahl got started in writing. Oh, how so? Uh, he was in the war, and I guess he got injured, so he got sent to the States for some reason, and he was, like, spying on the Americans or, like, keeping tabs on them. And um, a writer came up to him. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like, I don't know, some famous writer. I can't remember who it was. But he said, uh, I want to know about your experience in the war. Mm. Um, can we sit down for dinner and you can tell me about it and then I'll write about it and then I'll make an article. And he goes, sure. Yeah. Okay. So they go to dinner and this guy's eating this duck and it's like really greasy and stuff. <laughs> and he's trying to talk to Roald Dahl and he's trying to write down, he's trying to eat this duck all at the same time. And halfway through Roald Dahl's like, why don't I just write up the, the points for you? Mm. And, uh, and that way you don't have to write anything down. He goes, that's great. And then that way you can eat your duck. <laughs> he's like, hey, great, that's great. So he's eating his duck and uh, he tells him all the story. He goes, great, that's great. And so they have the conversation. And he goes home and he writes down the story. Mm. And he hands it to this guy. And this guy gets mad at him and he says, I told you to write down just the points. I didn't tell you to write the whole story. <laughs> and he had never written anything, Roald Dahl. He had never mm. written anything in his life. And, um, and he got his thing published. His oh, story published. It was so good. Yeah. yeah, because he had written it. And the guy said, uh, my agent usually takes 10%, so I'll give you the the $1,000 they were going to pay me, but I'll give you 900 and I'll take 100 I rolled those like, sounds good to me. Damn. And then he thought, it can't be this easy. <laughs> Damn. Career bloom. Oh, my God. But his his writing is is my favorite. He's he's like the best. Him, him and Hemingway are just, I don't know, on a different level. Something about when you read a Rodal book, it is a different world. Uh-huh. It's always you're taken out. It really doesn't feel like the same world that we live in. It feels very different. Yeah. Everything yeah. feels like it's very dark, but it never feels bad in a Rodal book somehow. Somehow it seems okay. He's, he's somehow figured out really what it means. <sighs> well, what, what each character is like feeling and how it's going to make us feel, I think. Mm. There's there's a one of his short stories is called My Dove, My Lady Love or something like that. And it's about this woman who's really bored, so she wants to spy on these guys, and her husband uh doesn't want to at first, but then he eventually says sure. And uh they spy on these guys, and then these guys are just making fun of them the whole time. Mm. Or like cheating them out of something. Uh and you think that that's horrible, and you you have no idea how it's gonna end. But he brings the light back into the world by, by the, the lady is like inspired by these con artists. She's like, we could do that too. And that's, that's like the best ending. Like he just knows so much about his characters maybe that he can just infuse a, a sense of light into these horrible situations. Well, and a lot of like, for example, Matilda, like, or I guess Willy Wonka, is super bleak world. And then there's one character who 
seems to be just unfazed. Usually a child, too. Yeah, usually yeah. a child. It's completely unfazed by darkness. And that's somehow very, very happy, very yeah. exciting to hear where this child goes in this horrible world. Maybe, maybe it's hope. Maybe that's what he, he writes about. It's just a very hopeful situations. Yeah. It's the same with BFG. I mean, the little kid in this horrible world. Yeah. Everything's eating children. <laughs> what the hell? Is that what it's about? <laughs> I've never you, seen them. You haven't seen BFG? No. Read BFG. Is that Spielberg? Who, who directed that one? Uh, Spielberg, yeah. Yeah. I but gotta, I, I forget the movie. The book came out a long time before that. I know. I've never read a Roald Dahl novel I, in my yeah. life. But I mean, <laughs> okay, I, I can say this without even ruining it. The premise is about giants who eat kids. That That's cool. the movie. That is cool. And it's by Roald Dahl, so it's not dark, but it is in a very dark world. Well, you know, he wrote that pig based on Candide, which is about Ooh. a guy who gets just beat up his whole life. And, and what pig is about, it's about... um sheltering your kids so much that they don't see how horrible the world is and so they're not prepared to live in it. Ooh. <clears throat> so I think that's Ooh. that's his idea. That's why he writes about kids Ooh. a lot. I that's think like a thinks, running theme in his books. Yeah, I think he thinks that the world is this horrible place and kids are so innocent and they can go a number of different directions. Ooh. But that's and that's I like that idea. And there's yeah, there's only so many parts of our lives that we can write about. Um, there's childhood, there's like high school time when you kind of have to choose what you're going to do. There's your adult life when you're trying to make something of yourself. And then there's the old age where you... Yeah, you seem to lose your innocence once you get to high school. But before that, you're always completely... Oh, really. absolutely. You go through puberty and you're just an animal. <laughs> it's something about puberty that just takes away your innocence. Because you, you want... I don't know. It's, it's something about that. You suddenly, at that point, you're just... You've now seen and you will be experiencing bad things. Do you think it's the sex drive? <laughs> yeah, something about sex is you can't be innocent afterwards. Could be, could be ambition too. Ambition destroys us. You don't think kids can be ambitious? I don't know. Were you ambitious mm. as a kid? Mm. I was very optimistic as a kid. I, don't know I was, was naive. Yeah, I'll give you that. For sure, for sure. I thought things and then later you're like, oh wait, that doesn't seem right. That can't be right. <laughs> that doesn't make much sense. Thought it was going to be a millionaire doing that. Nah, I don't know about that. I was playing AAA hockey when I was a kid, mm. and I thought I was going to go to the NHL. I didn't really think about it too much, but I thought maybe I could. Hey, this is easy. For, for me, it was like a decision. Like, do I want to do I want to do this for the rest of my Do I want to go to the NHL? I don't know. Maybe, mm. maybe I do. Maybe I <laughs> and I think at the time, I didn't. I wasn't really interested in it. I never put any effort into it. But if I if I really wanted to do that, mm. maybe I would have put enough effort into do it. And I think that's a lot of kids. Yeah. At that age. And you just do it. Like, by that age, I guess I was 12 or 13, you're playing hockey every single day. That's right. That's and right. it's hours a day, and you're doing off-ice training, and it's it's taking up your whole so life. you know. It gets boring. And then, you know, every... For me, it was like, the regular season, I did not care. Like, the maybe the, maybe the playoffs, you'd be like, okay, let's try and win some games here. But, like, and practices, I hated practices. Oh, yeah? Couldn't stand them. Just drills, right? I guess so. Drills and drills and drills. Once you get older too, you you end up doing a lot of, um, I guess, uh, like plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like, I don't know, it was really boring. And I'm like, why do we need plays? Yeah, so you don't learn plays as a kid. Yeah, so. There's no plays. What's play? Kid don't, he's not listening to that crap. Yeah. Look at at the whiteboard. You got to move in this formation. None of that. (laughs) I'm like, are we actually supposed to do this? Like, why are we practicing this? And for me, I was a winger, so I had to go down in the corner, get the puck, stop, come mm. back up. It was the most tiring shit ever. Yeah. There's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Um, That's true. 
so anyways, yeah, I was just thinking like I could I could be an NHL player. And then one of my one of my coaches said, None of you are gonna be an NHL player. He said, <laughs> The odds are so slim. Like you guys are one team and one age group in one league. He's just breaking the truth to you. And I'm just like, oh my God, is that true? Oof. And our team wasn't doing so well that year. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is... <laughs> this is as far as you're going to go. Yeah, Hope you enjoy it. sucks still. <laughs> <clears throat> and I don't think it was right for him to tell us that. No? I don't think he Well, it depends. Have. How young were you? I don't know. 11 or 12? Because it, it feels like there's a certain age where it's probably good to hear it. And there's a certain age where it's too, too young to hear it. But I think I could have decided whether or not I wanted to do that mm. when I was younger. I, I played with guys who are in, a, in the NHL now. That's an interesting point. When, is there a certain thing where you're like, this information should be held back from kids? Do you think that is a, that's a thing? Or do you think, well, you know, they should know. give them it as soon as, it's, as, soon as you, they can process it, give the information right away. But, but that's the thing. You, at, at like 11 or 12, your hope is ripped from you. Mm. And you become a more realistic person. So now you're like, what am I actually going to do with my life? And until then, you had no idea and you didn't want to think about it. Mm. And you had all these possibilities opened up to you. And soon they hit puberty. You're like, okay, here you should get all the information. Now. I hear you little shit. You got to learn to do this stuff because you're never going to go anywhere. By the way, no one cares. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no one cares about you. No support. Good luck. <laughs> go, go make something in your life. And then, no, but then when you get old enough, um, so for me, um, I had to decide what I wanted to do with my life hmm. and I decided, okay, I gotta, I gotta get a real job, but I want to be, I want to, I want a little bit of ambition. So I was like, I'll be a doctor or something, you know, like I, I went, I went through biomedical science and I, I did all that and I got super bored of that crap. Um, so I never really did what I wanted to do until I kind of did that for a while. Hmm. And then I'm like, cause I always, I always wanted to do something with movies, but I thought that was a, a unrealistic dream too. Like the hockey thing. And then I started making movies. I started acting. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm mm. passionate about. And I, I'm actually going to get good at this because I want to do it every day. Yeah. It's not like I'm forced to do it every day. I, just, I can actually have fun with this and, and learn more. That's and, a strange thing, isn't it? You can do things that aren't just hell every day. <laughs> you can actively do something. But sometimes it is hell, even though, <laughs> yeah. even though it is what you want to do. I mean, you still have to go to acting class every day. You're still going to suck. Think about being a stand-up yeah, comedian. True. How many bad shows you're going to have if you want to mm. get good. <laughs> how, how much torment that is in yourself. And, but it's just like, is it worth it in the end? Is, is it really what you want to do? And do you have no other options? <laughs> that, to me, is what life is. It's not even you don't have options. You have to give up one option to take the other option. That's the thing. Yeah. So I was thinking when I first started acting, I could have kept my job I had, made a $50 an hour or whatever, and yeah. maybe acted on the side until I got good enough to quit versus quitting right away, getting a job in acting and getting better that way. I don't, I don't know what the what the answer there was. No, Well, there's no way to know unless you can see both timelines. Good luck yeah. with that. No. It's not most people can do what Ken John did and be a doctor and then go into stand-up comedy and be a movie star. Yeah. Like, that's not the norm. That's definitely the abnormal well, I, I heard um, Aaron Sorkin the other day said there is no path. If there was a path, if, if we knew how to do it, there's a formula, then everyone would be famous. Yeah. But there isn't, so it's, it's, it's just complicated. Well, I, actually, there's, I think I disagree with that. There is one, and that's you have to create a lot of things. It doesn't matter what the thing is. You have to be creating stuff. Yeah. If you don't create things often, good luck. It's going to be hard. Well, think about Ed Wood. And how he created a bunch of stuff, but it was the worst stuff ever. Oh, yeah. well, he was hired. He did get to do what he wanted. Yeah, know, I guess. it doesn't. Mean, yeah, I guess. It's, uh, but if you don't create anything, it's never going to happen, though. Well, right? that's the thing. You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? Mm, 
but I think it's I think it's different though. You take shots, but the or you I think specifically is the creation part. People become famous because they created things. Yeah, I think that's the part that is really hard to do. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, you have to produce stuff and you have to put it out there and you have yeah. to keep getting better. But I don't think that creating stuff is necessarily going to make you either happy or. Oh no, it doesn't guarantee happiness. No, but I think it's kind of the most important if you want to be famous in the terms of business. Yeah, people really like people who create things for some reason. Well, that's what they say too. Is any business eighty percent of businesses or whatever it is fail every year? And mm. I don't know. You just got to keep trying. The, the businesses that succeed are the ones that have had so many failures that they know how to succeed now, right? Yeah, like, it, I don't really ever hear about famous people who did things that were, didn't involve creating things, though. Like, a famous accountant? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, don't, I haven't heard of that. No, I guess you're right, and I think that's why we all want to be in the arts, is to... Yeah, because it's... Well, what, what about, like, um, scientists who are famous? Yeah, the famous people, the ones who created stuff, yeah, or invented so, stuff, Who, who right? discovered things? The guy who did really, really good work, but didn't create the thing? I don't know that guy. Who's that guy? I don't know. <laughs> But of course, like, why, why would anyone care? <laughs> but what about, like, Gandhi, who, who was famous because he stopped the war and because he did the other thing? Yeah, things. I mean, politicians are a little different, right? Politicians. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that there's many famous... What has yeah, Trump, Trump created in his time? We're all going to remember him. Actually, he No, no, he made a lot of stuff. Hotel chain. Whether <laughs> you like right. his stuff or not, he made a lot of things. <laughs> it's a lot of hotels and buildings and books and merchandise <laughs> and board games. There's a lot of things. I'm often wondering. I wonder if, often wonder if like being remembered is important at all either. Yeah, because that's once another you're thing. Dead, you're dead. <laughs> Spent a lot of effort on making YouTube videos and here's stuff I did. I think I think we should just slow down and mm. maybe work on the world a bit more and be a bit Qu- more environmentally quantity. That's the is the issue, right? Quality yeah. versus quantity is always important too. Well, I like your idea still of. Tune in next time to Jack and Chester. Subscribe. And the oh next video God. is just tune in next time to Jack and Chester. Subscribe. And hey, we're back. This is uh, Jack and Chester. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to subscribe and, and hit that bell icon. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And the next video, another one. I really like that. There's no content. No content. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just call it no content? Maybe that's the name of the channel. No, no, no content. content. Episode one. <laughs> Welcome back to no content. <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> It's Jack and Chester again. I don't want to say the name of the show during the thing. Mm. We're, we're going to get this. This is going to be good. <laughs> no, we're I, here in sunny uh, Toronto. Uh, tune in next time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there should be like like an underlying thing that slightly oh, builds yeah. up throughout the episodes, but yeah. it's not obvious at first. Like there's actually a, maybe you find out how um, how we know each other or something, but like not not in real life, but like in the context of the show, there's some kind of I don't know. It turns out we actually hate each other, or one of them's trapped in the basement, locked by the other, or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's like some deep thing going on, but you don't find that. You just hear, "Oh, subscribe next." There's some secret dark story. <laughs> I like the idea that they're working on something, and they're just taking a bit of time out of that one thing. They're oh, that works on too. To just do this quick podcast or whatever it is, not a podcast. <laughs> this Ten seconds subscribe. This vlog. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we're back again. We were just working on, you know, the thing. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that like button. Uh, hit the bell icon to get all of your notifications. For Maybe it could be one of those things like, oh, I didn't see you there. Yeah. I, subscribe. <laughs> I hate that. That's so overused now, man. 
<laughs> oh, hey, I didn't see you. You could just be like lots of those videos. I wonder what the first one of those was. Where the guy, oh, <laughs> oh, hey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see, see you there. there. Yeah, good to see you. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Twilight Zone by chance? Uh, no, what's this? I heard of this. I don't know what this is. Twilight Zone TV show? What is this? People rant about it. Before your time, maybe. People tell me how good this thing is. What is it? Just short stories put in the film form. I don't know. The first episode is really cool because they, I don't know, the guy comes on and he talks about this show that they're creating, The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone's going to be an interesting concept where we talk about different things. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell is this? Is this a part of it? It's, it's like a pitch, but it's a part of the episode. It's so weird. But it's so cool. And that that's one of, that's one of my favorite episodes, just because it's like it's like the pitch. The pilot is the pitch for the show, mm. but it's also a part of the show, so it's like, I'm very meta, I don't know. Actually, I kind of like that. That's um, but that's just the first episode, and then the other ones are just like, kind of short stories turned into, into mm. these things. But the thing about them is that they have no B storyline. It's always A. So everything we see now, there's always a B story. Um, and it's, as a writer, it's it's not easy to always think, like, when you start writing, if, you, if you're thinking of B plot lines and, and A and C... It's, it's a lot to take in, and, and you're focusing on too many things. Mm. But this is just like one story, and with a, with a good arc and all that stuff. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's, I think it's a really good thing for, for writers to watch. Yeah. Um, well, give me an example of an episode, then. I haven't seen any of it. Well, Charles Beaumont was a writer on this show, and, and he was, I think, hospitalized, or, or he was handicapped or something. Like He couldn't walk. I think he got some disease. Mm. And he was, he was bedridden for... Uh, like years of his life or something. So he was just writing in bed all the time. So he's a really good writer. Yeah. And he wrote, uh, I don't know if they made a Twilight Zone, but one of my favorite stories of his is Free Dirt, which I based my story on. He's just about this guy who just loves getting deals. He just wants to get stuff for free all the time. <laughs> and so he, he screws these guys out of a, uh, a meal and then he, and he steals the dirt from the, the church is offering free dirt. And he just wants their dirt because he likes free things. So he steals all the dirt from the cemetery. Oof. Oof. And the dirt from the cemetery is obviously what they dug out for the coffins Oof. to go in. And so he ends up eating the dirt and dies or something. I don't, I don't know. Pretty crazy. Ending. But another one. The one, one of the Twilight Zone episodes that he did was called Perchance to Dream. And it's about a guy mm. who, who can't sleep. And he goes into the psych, psychiatrist's office. And he says, I can't sleep. I haven't got to sleep in three days. Mm. He goes, oh, do you want to give you some medication to put you to sleep? He goes, no, no, no. I can fall asleep, but I can't go back to sleep because this woman's trying to kill me in my dreams. Ooh. <clears throat> Ooh. And, he, and as soon as he goes in the office, uh, I guess he tells him this real quick, and then he lays down for a second, and he almost falls asleep, and he's like, holy shit, I almost fucking fell asleep. And then um, <clears throat> I guess he tells him this whole story. About how this woman's chased him up this hill, mm-hmm. and he's at the top of this hill now, and if he falls back asleep, she's going to push him off the edge. And then uh, he's like, I, I can't do anything for you. I would suggest just going to sleep. <laughs> and then he's about to leave, and the, the secretary comes in, and he's like, "That's she's the woman from my dreams. And he goes, my secretary? That's impossible. And he goes, no, that's her. And he backs up and falls out of the window, and he falls down dead. <laughs> And then we're back in the office, and the guy's asleep on the couch, dreaming, and the secretary says, what's going on here? And he goes, I don't know, he fell asleep and died. <laughs> he says, and that's the end of the story. Ooh. Ooh. So that to me is a really cool story, but that's, that's the Twilight Zone, man. 
There's Ooh. another one I really like where the guy's in this bank and he wants to read. So he's trying to read at work and the, the, the customers are getting really upset. And then the boss is getting really upset because all he's trying to do is read the whole time. He goes, but, mm. I, but at home I can't read. My wife won't let me read. And so he goes home and he's trying to read and his wife says, stop reading. we got to go out. And he has his book <laughs> stuck in his pocket and she rips it up, tears off this guy's book. And then he goes back to work. And he has a book again, and he sneaks into the vault, and he locks himself in the vault, and he starts reading. And as he's in the vault reading, a nuclear warhead hits the town and blows everything up. But he was safe because he was in the vault. <laughs> so he goes out in the world, and, he, and he's looking around, and he thinks he's going to just kill himself because there's no one else around. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, and then he notices that the library's still there. And he has all <laughs> these books he can read. And so that, to me, is a really cool story, too. Do you want to know the twist on the end of that one? Yeah. So he wears glasses the whole time. And so in the end, the glasses fall off his head and he steps on them. So Wait, he, he, They fall on the ground. And he steps on them and breaks them. So he, now he can't read anyway. He's in this apocalypse uh, world. With uh, no one else. And he breaks his glasses. Uh, it sounds like they all have a dark twist. Well, yeah. That's what Black Mirror is based on. Is the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Kind of the same concept. Oh, I love Black Mirror. There's another episode that's pretty good where uh, these aliens come to town and then one of the kids, everyone in town's like gathered around. The kid says, I've seen this before. One of us is an alien. We don't know who it is. <laughs> and so the time just goes by and they keep accusing each other of being aliens until they all shoot each other. Mm. And the aliens are up on this hill watching them. And he says, I don't know what happened. This happens every time we come back. <laughs> <laughs> everyone just kill each other. It's again, man. Oh, that's pretty cool. Ah, <clears throat> oh, short stories, short films, short episodes. Get some great twists. I I love it, and and that's 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 my short stories I'm writing now are very much yeah. like this, right? And for oh, now, that's, that's what I'm concentrating on. If I can, if I can get good at writing that, then I'll I'll try something new. But I like experimenting. Yeah, well, I think you'll like that book then. That, that maybe it's the same kind of idea. Oh, I love Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it's fantastic. just all short stories like this. <laughs> There's a twist every... Well, not necessarily a twist, but there's always, like, an interesting concept each time. The little... The twist might not be, like, a change in plot, but there's, like, a different way of seeing, which is what you wouldn't expect going in. That's, that's what I like doing, is the last thing in the story, I like it when it changes your idea of the whole, the whole mm. story. It just gives you a different paradigm. Yeah. That's why um, I like James Lynch so much, I guess. David Lynch, sorry. David Lynch is Jane Lynch. Uh, <laughs> David Lynch, his stories aren't like that. They they are like, mm. but his whole story is a different perspective on one thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's about one thing, but you see something very different. <laughs> well, what's what's the Blue Velvet is about like Oedipus complex or something? Blue I don't really know, but it's something like that. And in the end, you you go watch it again. You're like, holy shit, that's crazy. Actually, I'm not so sure Blue Velvet was too different. Like. Eraserhead is very different than what you see than what it's about. Well, Eraserhead is about he had a child with a deformity, yeah. And and the movie is like his deepest feelings about that kid, yeah. and, and how he sees that, and his and his fears and his anxiety and stuff like that about the kid. I'm not sure sure we've ever had as much like that. I can't remember what that movie was about. Mm. I know he falls in love with a mother figure and his father figure, he kills him in the end. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people doing things and people dying and... I can't remember the movie now. I liked it. I liked it when I saw it, though. Mulholland Drive is my favorite. I haven't seen that. People keep ranting about how good this movie is. Mulholland Drive. One. I really like that one. You gotta check it out, I guess. I remember I started to watch it when I was too young to appreciate this kind of thing and I'm like, I don't get it. And then yeah. I stopped it. But now I think I could probably watch it and appreciate it. Yeah. 
Anyways, I should get going because yes, I, I yes, got to work on yeah. some fight choreography to for tomorrow. This the session of rap. Thanks cool, again man. for being on the show. This Thank is Jack you. Hunter. Uh, where can they people check out your stuff? At the real Jack Hunter. There you go. On Instagram, you'll see all my excellent work. <laughs> okay, guys, go there. Go check him out. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Another episode of Cheshire Sky Show.